Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up, it's Todd. And I'm Obert. And I think uh, the way to start this episode in true Drinking Alone with Friends fatches is uh, Happy Mother's Day four days ago. Yeah, to all the true four-day-old four news fashion. <laughs> Hashtag Happy Mother's Day, Moms of the Pod. Exactly. Moms of the Pod, Happy Mother's Day. But have, a, have a beer for us. Four days in the future. If you had a beer, little did you know you had it for us on Mother's Day. Yeah. But anyways, enough of four-day-old four news. Uh, what have you guys been up to in this wild world of drinking? I did not go to any beer fests. <laughs> Neither I was did waiting, I. I was waiting for you to start it off. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just right away deferring to you, Ted, because you're, you're the one who I think that question was aimed at. Okay. Well, over the weekend... We went to the Rising Pint Beer Festival, which is a annual beer festival that occurs at Rentschler Field in East Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, is that the one that we all went to that one time at Rentschler yeah. Field? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was a, fun. It was a lot of fun, albeit raining that year. Yeah. yeah. This this one was nice and sunny. It got up to seventy. Uh, it was almost a perfect day, as perfect as it could be. This year, it featured ninety-three different breweries, and most of the breweries poured between two to five different beers so wow there was a whole hell of a lot of beer to drink so you had like 400 check-ins yesterday i had had a decent amount but you know i tried to keep it a little bit tame you know hashtag wanted to be alive for mother's day good that's a good good sign of you yeah Yeah. that's trending on twitter so yeah that one is so you know obviously got to try a lot of different beer uh they're two ounce samples so you can try quite a bit and i learned a lot of news about Connecticut's brewery scene, and I thought that I would bring some of that news to the podcast. Oh, okay. I'm excited for this. What is the news, but not really what is the news? This is the news segment. <laughs> this this is the news. Have you heard the new news? Have you heard the new news? Thank you. That's what it's called. <laughs> so I will point out that I did get permission from all of these breweries to share this on the podcast. So we're we're moving towards uh you know media status. Yeah, we're, we're becoming question. official. Yes. <laughs> So, starting off with a brewery that I love from Vermont, they are making their way to Connecticut, and that brewery is Zero Gravity. Um, some people may know their beers as uh, like Conehead or Madonna. Uh, those beers are, or the Green State Pil- I think Green State Pilsner is the other one. Those beers are all going to be in Connecticut in package stores starting uh, the week of Memorial Day, and they're already available in bars. Very cool. And they will be in 16-ounce cans once they're in the package stores. What's your favorite beer of theirs? I love Conehead. Yeah. It is just delicious. It's a nice New England style? It's actually more of a traditional IPA style. Okay. Which makes it obviously unique from the Vermont style of beers. Yeah. You'll have to pick up a four-pack for me, Ted. I will. I will indeed. Yeah, Um, that's that's pretty cool. For all of you in Connecticut or Massachusetts and or Vermont, most of you guys can get it now because they're already distributed in Mass and in Connecticut. Just wait two weeks, it'll be there. Now, Todd, what makes them one of your favorite breweries from Vermont? They're just, their beer's just really good. It's always consistent. It's got a really nice hop flavor to it. I, I don't know what it is about it, but their beers are just, they strike a, that certain chord with me. Okay, very cool. Have you been there? I have. Cool tap room? Yeah, they have, so they have two different tap rooms. Um, They have their actual tap room where you can go, like, where they brew all the beer, and they have a limited amount of beers on draft. Or they also own American Flatbread in Burlington, Vermont, in like the downtown area. And there they have all of the Zero Gravity beers on tap. They have like 
think it's like 25 to 30 different tap wines there. All Holy of their own beers. Yeah. Wow. That is quite the selection. I'll remember that next time I'm up in Burlington. I'll check them out. Yeah, it's very worth the trip. Um, even if you don't actually make it over to the actual brew house, the American flatbread is well worth stopping by. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to disrupt your news segment. So we can get back to that. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, Firefly Hollow is actively expanding their brew, their brewing area as well and is expanding their tap room. Firefly Hollow is in Waterbury and... They are staying in the same building. They're not moving, but they're taking over the rest of the building that they're in. Good news for them. Yeah. So they're they're working on getting getting that going and up and running. And actually, I was speaking to members of the team, and they have told they've asked me to reach out so I can go attend a beer tasting there. Uh, they do like a beer tasting of different beers, their own and other breweries, one Tuesday every month. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah you have to represent the pod for us. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I assume that we're all invited. Just through Tud. They actually said that, you know, the the guy from North Carolina was not invited. Oh, that's too bad. But the one from uh, Montana was, so Oh that's that's good. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I was gonna say you well, should at, have to, at least they have, listen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you'll have to wear one of our t shirts, which we don't have. So by that I mean you'll have to just put like eight stickers on a plain black t shirt and uh show up where I'm at. <laughs> That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's cool. And now they're they're the Coneflakes, correct? Correct. That is their. That's like their. That's their, their big staple. Beer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. That was them. I haven't mm-hmm. had any of their beer since before they started making that. I think. I know they've been making that for a while, but yeah, that's their big flagship. Um, their other one is called Charm Cork. That's mm-hmm. their other big beer. That's their double IPA version of Coneflakes. I think I had Lizard Breath. I don't think I had. The other one. But Lizard anyways. Breath is good as well. Yeah, so uh, just... That is good. Quick shout out to Sharon Levesque from uh, Firefly Hollow. She was the one who was nice enough to sit there and talk to me for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and her husband was uh, manning the, the table and pouring the beer. He actually doesn't work for Firefly Hollow. He just works for beer. So shout out to him as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so you have to go to one of those tastings and let us and bring it to the pod for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in other news, I met Chris Sayer, the owner of Brewery Legitimus, and he told me that they are actively expanding their tap room as well, and their hopes is to have that open up by the end of the summer, I believe is what Chris told me. And that's the that's the brewery that I was talking to you guys about, I think it was either the last episode or the episode before, mm-hmm. where it just it kind of looks like Labyrinth on the inside, but it's not. I think Labyrinth spent a lot of their time over there while they were building their tap room, but yeah, Chris actually also invited us to head on over and sit down and talk to him about beer as well. So uh, shout out to Chris as well for taking the time to speak to me yesterday. Awesome. That's yeah. really cool. And then finally, the actually I have two more pieces of news, so it's not finally. <laughs> uh, another, new, new, another new piece of news that I did not learn yesterday, but I did learn today. The brewery formerly known as Shabin has changed their name oh. to the Connecticut Brewery Collective. So what that is, is for people who are familiar with Connecticut, it'll be kind of like the beer racks down in East Haven, where there'll be like four or five or six different breweries all operating out of the old Shabin building. Shabin will still be producing beer out of there as well, too. But there'll be different breweries represented in that building, and you'll be able to go there to their tap room and have beer from all those different types of breweries. Yeah, you've you've mentioned this on the pod before, except that we didn't know that the, the name change was official, correct? Uh, we knew that the beer racks was a thing, and that was started because of the 12% beer project. This is another one that's gone down that same path. Oh, okay. All right. I must that's have... cool. So all these breweries are going to share a space 
that's yeah, neat. That's that's big news for Shabin too because Shabin has quietly become one of the biggest contract breweries in the state where they're helping out a lot of different brewers from around the state getting their beers into cans and out the door. So this is a big loss for that type of business because from now on they're going to be concentrating more on this Connecticut beer or Connecticut brewery collective. Yeah, but it will allow more breweries to come to the scene in Connecticut, which is always a good thing. Yeah. It's just it's it'll be interesting for companies like Fat Orange Cat that were using them to brew some of their beer and can it. Oh yeah. Huh, I wonder what they'll do. Yeah. It's it'll yeah. be interesting. I mean I'm sure they can always hop on with two roads or you know, maybe they can hop on with the beer racks or the twelve percent beer project. There's tons of these things. I mean, there's here. so many breweries around the state that I'm sure they can find somebody to help them out. Yeah. Or they'll have to buy a canning machine. Yeah. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. And then last but not least, I got the opportunity to meet with uh the owner and head brewer of cole's road brewing company his name's paul and i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his last name because i would just butcher it but shout out to paul they are actively looking for a place to start brewing in connecticut they make some of the best beer i've had out of any connecticut brewery and that's saying a lot because i've had a lot of the beer wow i can't that's that's really that's saying something, Todd. You've had, yeah. you've been to probably eighty percent of the breweries, or tried beer from eighty percent of the breweries in the state. I would guess. <laughs> yeah, and, and for a that, while, that's not a small number. No, and for a while, I've you know I've consistently said that Fox Farm, Counterweight, and Kent Falls are probably producing some of the best beer in Connecticut. I think Coles Road Brewing is better than all of them. Yeah, hopefully, when he finds a spot, he can keep making beer that good. Yeah, at, at scale. He, yeah, uh, is he like is he like a like just like a, a home brewer now, or does he have a spot that he's currently using? Or he brews out of his garage. Okay, all right. So he's not really he hasn't really started up yet. But right, and he allows. But does he have a to, license? He, I don't think so. You have to know somebody to know somebody to get his beer. But, but I would imagine fast. I, I would imagine he has some type of license because he was able to be at the brewfest and pour his beer there. Hmm, that's cool. I, I don't really know much about that. I'm hoping to also connect with him as well and learn a lot more about him. But his beer, everything I had was awesome. From his sours to his IPAs to his stouts. He had a Mexican breakfast stout that may have been the single best Mexican breakfast stout I've ever had in my entire life. Well, I mean, how many Mexican breakfast stouts have you had, Todd? I've had quite a lot of Mexican breakfast stouts. But I've never had had a stout that had that that much flavor that you could pick out like, well, that's a hint of cinnamon, and that's a hint of syrup. It was very interesting. I mean, hmm. I've had Mexican beers. I've even had Mexican stouts, but I've never had a Mexican breakfast stout. What makes I it breakfast? I think day? I have. I think it's the maple syrup mostly. But I think okay. so too. But I think I have had maybe one before. So that's a uh, that's very very bold statements. A lot of bold statements. Yeah, yeah. and I will. I'm telling. I'm telling Fox Farm right now. That's fine. Uh, yeah. I will challenge any brewer in the state to try his beer and tell me that they don't also agree with me. Okay. Wow. A lot of lot of news coming out of this brew fest here. Yeah, I know. Jeez. It's almost as if you've been, you know, on a drinking podcast for nine months and, you know, you have more to talk to brewers about than just drinking their beer. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, once you start to be in the business, quote unquote, as we are. Oh, we are. Oh yeah, you, you we're start professional to, podcasters now. Yeah, you start to develop, you know, <laughs> conversation pieces that you didn't know you were able to carry on, and you just sit there and start talking to these brewers about what they do. And most of the brewers, they're more than happy to talk to you all day long. Yeah, yeah. we're living the dream here as professional beer drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we made it. 
But yeah, so that that's my news from from the Rising Pint. That's a lot of news. That's yeah. a lot coming out of that one brewfest. That was actually one of the better brewfests I've ever been to. Was that one a couple years ago? Even though it was rainy, that was a that was a ton of fun. So who knows? Maybe next year we'll be able to. I'll be able to come up and go. We'll yeah. see. We'll see, it, see how it all pans out. But it wouldn't shock me if it is the biggest beer fest in Connecticut. I'm not. I I can't go out on a limb and say that that's for sure what it is. But I find it hard to figure out that there's or. I find it hard to believe that there's going to be 93 breweries represented at any other beer fest in Connecticut. I don't think there's a venue big enough. I would say it is support. in a football stadium. Right. So just to <laughs> just to convey that to the audience that, yeah, you were at Rensselaer Field Stadium. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So just to end this segment, I wanted to ask what the best beer that you haven't mentioned yet that you tried yesterday was. Outside of Coles Road Brewing Company? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very interesting question. I really liked the brown ale that Brewery Legitimus was pouring. I thought that that was fantastic. You know, I stopped by the New England Brewing Company and had Spin Cycle Number Nine. I thought that was really good too. Uh, you know, obviously Counterweight and and Kent Falls are there, so their beers are awesome. But I would have to say probably that either that brown or the Spin Cycle Number Nine from New England Brewing Company. Cool. Yeah. No. Uh, now now nice. you're getting me thirsty. Well. Yeah, uh, if only I mean, if only there was something we could do to fix that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Ober, why don't you lead us off? Oh, I'd be I'd be happy to. Yeah, I have a beer this week from Upslope Brewing Company. This is their blackberry lemon sour ale, and they're from Boulder. Um, so not a Montana beer today, but they. I tried this at um, a local brew pub yesterday. I thought it was so good. I ended up with a half growler. So this won't be a live first time tasting, but um, nevertheless, here it goes. Yeah, this is this is like a perfect, nice, warm day. It's like 77 and sunny outside today. So I had to go with this summertime beer. It's, it's really like blackberry pie in a glass is what I would say. It's very tasty. Interesting. Yeah. When you were saying blackberry, blackberry lemon, you said, right? Yeah. It gets that tartness from the, the lemon. Uh, okay, all right. Because I was wondering if it was going to be is it does it taste like a blackberry lemonade or something along those lines, or is it, does. it more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely get vibes like I'm drinking a blackberry lemonade from Panera Bread or something. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds delicious because I've been I've been re- I've recently been on like a a light sour you know we're getting into the summertime so light so- light sour kick so. Um, that sounds that sounds really delicious for sure. Yeah, this weighs in at four and a half percent. And um, out of curiosity, do they have Upslope uh, in package stores near either of you? I don't. I've never heard of them. Okay. Yeah, they're popular here. Yeah, I haven't heard of them either, but uh, I'll keep an eye out now. Yeah, it might be no, more of a west of the Mississippi type thing. I think so. I think yeah, we definitely get a lot of Colorado beers here, and uh, so the name of their brewery comes from. An upslope is it's a weather pattern, actually. It's a front range covering, water table filling, snow dumping weather pattern that anyone with bindings and a roof rack would die for. That's straight from their website. So, What is uh, bindings and a roof rack? A snowboard, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's when it snows a lot in Colorado, is my guess. So I noticed that you like to, to drink a lot of things that have to do with weather phenomena, so... You know, yeah, I had the Virga on. I've had the winter at noon, Dunkelweiss. Yep. So 
If, if you put if you put something weather in the name, Obert's probably going to drink it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of meteorological beers for sure. <laughs> so I gave this a three seven five yesterday. I think it's still. I think I was right on with that. Um, this is a great a great picnic beer for sure. Perfect. Nice. Yeah, it sounds sounds like it pairs well with a a seventy seven degree day. So absolutely. Yeah. Who's going next? Uh, I'll jump in next. Ted talked enough already. Uh, yeah, give him, I need to we'll give him my, a little breather. My beautiful voice a rest. Yeah. Everybody gets sick of Ted's voice, so... Uh, I think uh, that's not the case at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies. Uh, I'm actually... Oh, oh, great. I'm actually drinking something, an, a sour ale. So, like I was just saying, I've kind of been on a little sour kick recently. This one I haven't had before, but it's uh, from D9 Brewing, which is right down the road in Mooresville, uh, North Carolina. Now, have you brought their beer on before? I have not. No. Okay. So uh, I like how you. That's how you say it too in North Carolina. It's Mooresville. It is. Yeah, yeah. Mooresville. I live in Statesville, so it's like. <laughs> yeah. If we were in Eastern Pennsylvania, it would be like Mooresville. Oh, but oh, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 geez. This looks one... a little little overcarbonated there. Yeah. Oh no. Save it. All right. It's not too bad. I have like the messiest pores. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pours of the pod. Hashtag pours poor, of the pod. Poor, poor. Yeah, poor, poor. Uh, so this is a Concord Grape Sour Ale. Um, it wasn't on tap when I went and visited, but... Oh, man. Hold on. Oh, this actually has a sour scale on the label. <laughs> oh, here we nice. go. Oh, I didn't even so, rate mine. Oh, did you not? Uh, well, oh, on the oh, sour uh, scale. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this one is just a boring sour scale. It doesn't make any sense. It's a uh, uh, no sour scale. Yeah, sour scale of one to five. It says three. So um, I'll tell you what the real sour scale is when we're when we're done with this. Okay. Tamed microfall microflora and never kettled. Interesting. So Interesting. Uh, this jumped out at me because I was I one of the best beers I had from them was a sour. This wasn't on tap, but they had bottles of it. So I was like, eh, I like grape grape things. So let's give it a shot. That's why you have so many wines on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> I like had, grape alcohol. <laughs> I had a wine on the pod, and it was peach. Um, <laughs> so uh, let me let me jump into this. See see how see how it see how it is. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's many. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think there's many vineyards where Chris lives. I think it's more breweries than vineyards. So I don't know if there's going to be many more wines of the pod from him. As Chris drinks the whole beer before he gives his review. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to get, uh, I had I had like a coffee before the show so I could get ready. And uh, I had to make sure that I got good, good tastings out of it. You got the shotgun adjustment out of the way. Exactly. Yes. So this is very good. It is, it is, it is sour. Uh, I would say it's probably getting close to Granny Smith Apple. So around a six. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, so a, a tart Granny Smith apple. A tart Granny Smith, not a non-tart Granny Smith, which was a four. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, I would say it's about a six out of six out of uh, six out of Warhead, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, on that, um, I will. Uh, the The grape flavor is very slight. It's almost like like just a secondary thing. Like you get a lot of you get a lot more of the of the um, like sour uh with like almost like a back a background of grape flavor so it's not very sweet uh it's it it's just just a hint of grape but which i was i was grape aroma 
again, not really. Um, so if you're looking for like, oh, I want oh, Welch's grape juice or something, this is not the beer for you. Just uh, drink wine, <laughs> folks. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is a pretty solid pretty solid beer. I wish I did get a little bit more grape uh, because I enjoy grape flavored things. That isn't wine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I drink grape flavored things, not fermented grapes. Totally different. Yeah, I mean, the more you drink it, the more grape you get, but it's still it's still subtle. So, um, this is five and a half percent alcohol, so it's relatively relatively low. And I will say that I'm going to give this a, a a pretty a pretty solid three seven five. Nice. I, Cheers to three seven fives. Ching, ching, ching. Cling. Yeah. I think I got a, a glimpse at Tud's beer. I don't think he's going to be rating his a three seven five, but <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a good beer. Um, D nine though uh, was was pretty was a pretty cool spot. I had had their beer once before up in I don't know if it was in Tennessee or if it was in Connecticut. I can't remember. But and I was I was like, oh man, I only live thirty minutes away now. So we were in the area. We went there. Uh, really nice. They have a decent amount on tap. Like I was saying before, they had like 15 beers on tap um, and they have like a nice outdoor space with patio and it was it was a lot of fun. It was a nice, nice spot. If you're ever in the area, highly recommend going. And uh, if you if you if they have it, get the Brewer's Day off. That was like a cucumber melon gosa. And that was really, really good. So nice, refreshing beer. Awesome. Is there any significance to their name? You know, probably, um, <laughs> but I don't know. K nine was taken, so they went with D nine. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was like a Dungeons and Dragons reference or something like that, or Pathfinder, or like a vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're big fans of the D nine vitamin. You got B twelve. You know why not D nine? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's pretty simple. And I was gonna make this joke, but I didn't because I it was lame, but. It's because it's in District Nine in in North Carolina. But I was oh, going to so make the joke. So it's surrounded by aliens, right? Yeah. So, um, so clearly they didn't want to do that. But um, I didn't want to make that same joke. But but apparently that is why they called D nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but yeah, that's uh, that's that's my beer, and I think we got Tuds left yes. to drink. I'm sure you're thirsty after not having. You know, any not having fifteen million beers today, you know, you right. gotta make up for yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, gotta balance it out. Happy medium. Right. So I am drinking beer de garde from Fox Farm Brewery. It is a Fodor aged farmhouse ale. It Ooh. is uh six point five percent ABV. This is the first time they've ever brewed this beer, and this beer was bottled in January of two thousand nineteen. Fox- okay, so you're gonna hate me, but it's it's actually fooder. Is, is it really? Yeah, I just looked it up. <laughs> okay, so there we go. It's a People of the pod, fooder. So Fox Farm describes this as perhaps France's greatest contribution to the world of brewing. Beer to Guard is a farmhouse style with a wide range of interpretations and presentations. Most, however, are defined by a more pronounced malt presence and an extended period of aging and conditioning. Their take on the style starts with a complex dark amber base made up primarily of locally grown malts and was allowed a period of aging over seven months in a stainless steel and one of their oak fooders. Wow, this is like a fancy beer. Yeah, this is... This is one of their first, like one of their first releases with their new um, barrel aging expert that they brought over from. I think it was the Netherlands that they brought him over from. So, <laughs> and they brought him over about a year ago. So this was probably one of his 
first real creations that's come into light now. That's cool. So Fooder is the name of the style? No, Fooder is the name of the large barrel that it was aged in. Okay. So a Fooder is, um, in its simplest form, a large barrel. When exactly it becomes a Fooder is rather than just an oversized barrel is somewhat uh, discretionary, but the line also are often is drawn at 600 liters. So when the barrel is over 160 gallons, it is considered a fooder. Okay. And that's kind of like the, the thing that they had at area two that you're going to buy and turn into your podcast studio, right? C- correct. It's, it's oh. very much the same idea. <laughs> what was that called? I forget. <laughs> I, think it, I think it also might've been a fooder. No. Do you remember Chris? You know what we're talking about? I do. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. There's like crazy, there's like crazy names for barrels. There's like, you get like Hogshead and it's, that's a Wikipedia rabbit hole you can, you can dive down into. What do you call giant barrels? (laughs) (laughs) They're not just barrels, people. (laughs) There's different distinctions. But anyways, this beer came out about a week and a half ago and I swung by today and decided to bring a bottle of it to the pod. So it's definitely a sour. So hashtag sours of the pod this week. Seeing as we all decided to go with the sour style, uh, it's definitely very foodery flavored, I guess. Oh, tastes, yeah. Yeah. It you tastes get that very fooder. woody. <laughs> Interesting. No, it's got a really unique flavor. Um, I can't really pick out the... I, there's not a lot of fruit, I guess, if you wanted to say maybe grape, kind of like what Chris was saying earlier, but it's not... It's like a hint of grape. It's a lot more malt forward as obviously Fox Farm noted that it's going to be very dark, uh, dark malts in this beer. It is, as you guys can see... And you'll see on the Instagram, it's a very dark beer in and of itself. I thought at first it was purple, but it's more of like a just a amber color. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's got some haziness in that amber. It's a, it's a definitely a unique color for yeah. sure. It's it's really good. Um, this would obviously be really good on a warm day. It is currently forty degrees and raining here, so not the best beer for this type of weather. But obviously, with Fox Farm, their beer is always good at all times. Yeah, it's interesting that you said it is aged in both. Um, I, I, you didn't say what the barrels were made of. I, I'm assuming it's an oak barrel and then stainless steel. That's that's an interesting combo, and I wonder if you what that kind of imparts. Because I know, like, I enjoy wines that are aged, like a white wine aged aged in stainless steel is a really clean, clean, crisp finish. So that's cool that it has both of those aspects to it. Yeah, this definitely has a has a clean taste to it. But at the same time, it still gives off that woodiness. I don't know if I'd call it oak. It was probably an oak fooder. I just have to imagine that most fooders and or large scale barrels are made out of oak. Um, Oak tends to give off probably some of the best wood flavors. But I can't really discern what wood I am actively drinking. You got to get a sommelier or something on here. You have to see. You have to go to your local grocery store and buy one buy. piece of every wood. Yeah, you got to buy the French oak, the American oak, ash, cherry, mesquite. You know, just yep. and just start licking them all. Yeah. Yep. yep. To if you if you really care about beer, Ted, you'll do this. <laughs> so yeah, overall, a very good beer. I'd give this beer four two five. Nice. Nice. Hashtag no, not three seven five for me. <laughs> yeah. I was honestly expecting a four and a half at least out of that. It sounded like one of Fox Farm's better beers and their beers are all like above a four. Their beers are really, really good. Yeah. I've actually been like, because I, I follow them on many social medias and I think I saw this one and maybe a few other ones, but like, I'm very jealous that I don't live that close to them anymore because 
I mean, I would spend all my money there because <laughs> they've been coming out with some like awesome stuff. Yeah, but you just moved to a new place with tons of breweries to go exploring. So I know, and I've been spending my money at plenty of breweries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that I've been here for over a year, I've hit all the breweries in a 50, 70 mile radius. And uh, I'm like ready to try out some new places. It's it's time for you to move. I know, I know. <laughs> Tried all the breweries. None are opening up. I got to go someplace new. <laughs> uh, yeah. Luckily, that's not really a problem in North Carolina because there's just breweries. There's breweries everywhere. And Tud, you did say that there weren't, you didn't think there were a lot of wineries. There's actually quite a few, surprisingly oh, yeah? enough. Yeah. There's uh, one down the road called Daviste that we go to. It actually, uh, not only do they make wine, but they also brew beer. So it's kind of best of both worlds. Kind that of doesn't thing. that doesn't count as a, as a winery. No? Nope. They have wines. And their beer's pretty good. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, Chris's wife, Dana, loves wineries, so I'm not surprised that you guys ended up at checking some out. We'll have to have her on the pod sometime soon to like, maybe bring a fun wine or something. What do they do better? Do they make better wine or do they make better beer? The, the wine there is more wine wine, so... As opposed to... <laughs> fruit wine? wine? <laughs> As opposed to the wines that I like, which are like the sweeter wines, or... Um, the wine wasn't bad, but their beer was the beer was good. There was a couple of good, really good ones, but you know, I'll 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 get a growler fill one day and have have it on the pod. <laughs> okay. So, guys, uh, have you heard the other new news? Obert's pregnant. Congratulations, no, that's, old, that's old new news. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have um, an article here right from Bo- Beer Advocate um, announcing Boston Beer Company and Dogfish Head Brewery are merging. Ah, uh, yes. I did, I did see hear this. this. Yeah. Obviously at different times than both of you guys. <laughs> well, you heard it at different times? <laughs> yeah. So pulling back the curtain, we have a text message group. And apparently somebody sent out this article about a day before I sent it to the group. And then they <laughs> oh, yeah. Proceeded to make fun of me, even though I never received the article in my <laughs> text message. Well, okay. Okay. Chris texted the article. And I texted back commenting on it that it was crazy news that they were merging. And you somehow mysteriously got neither of those texts. No, I got the one about them merging. I just, I I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. So I just kind of moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but but it's very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's huge news. Yeah. I wanted to just read a little bit from their press, press release. Um, I thought that they did a really good job. Welcome to Drinking Alone Friends, where we it. read you news articles. I mean, it is kind of, this is normally Tud's job. Tud's normally the one who reads stuff on the podcast, but uh, I, I figured I'd give it a shot. Go ahead. Yeah. It says, hello, Beer Advocate community. We're announcing exciting news today and want you to hear it from us first. Boston Beer and Dogfish Head are coming together to create the most dynamic indie craft beer company of the 21st century. Then it goes in to talk about how much experience they have together as brewers. And then this is the part that I thought was interesting that it says by joining forces, we'll be able to successfully compete while retaining our position and leadership within the indie craft market alongside with our 7,500 ish fellow American small brewers. We're creating a unique robust craft beer company with award-winning brewing talent and a shared culture of innovation. Oh, and we should put this into context. Those larger international beer conglomerates are still more than 50 times our size, and our combined company's volume will represent less than 2% of all the beer sold in the U.S. So you could tell they put that in there because 
these are two of the biggest breweries that aren't part of the mega brewers in the country. Yeah, they're arguably the two biggest independent breweries. I so can't with all, think of all another... that being said, what do you guys think of it? The news? I think it's really good. Um, I think it's interesting. I think that it should probably allow for the uniqueness that is Dogfish Head c- to combine with the m- massive size of Sam Adams. Because I think Dogfish Head is clearly the most unique brewer out of those two. So they should be able to help expand. The most unique out of the two involved. Yes. So they should help expand the Sam Adams um, beer portfolio. I'm actually kind of curious to know, are they going to rename the breweries? Or are they going to continue to operate as two separate labels? Or are they going to just fold into Sam Adams? I can't imagine that they would merge and then and then like completely abandon the Dogfish Head label. Only because you have some folks that like love Dogfish Head and would probably be pretty upset if it went away completely. You know? Yeah, I don't. Th- I I hope that your first hypothesis, Todd, that they're going to both keep their labels and marketing and all that going strong. I hope that that's still the case. Like every other beer beer merger that we've seen, when these Anheuser Busch InBev buy out the small stuff, they try and keep it looking like it was nothing changed. True. I it, so when they make a a beer together, will they release it under whichever head brewer came up with the recipe? Like I, I'm, I'm just confused with how you go forward with when Dogfish Head, when Sam from Dogfish Head comes out with a new beer, does it come out underneath the Dogfish Head label, or does it? Come I out think underneath- so. I, I think that the the functional brewing isn't going to change all that much, except for now they can just kind of do things up at a bigger scale. You know, all that overhead. You know, it's like when any corporate merger happens, is my guess. And I'm now I'm no corporate mergerologist, but I did want to push back on you saying a little bit about how much more unique Dogfish Head is because Sam Adams, they're always, you know, they're I think the only 12 pack I can think of where you can get six different beers in a 12 pack, right? True. You know, they always have something new every seasonal uh, mix pack and they have Utopia. That's pretty wild. Very true. I, I mean, I guess I guess you might be right. I just when I when I think of Dogfish Head and Sam Adams, I, I think to myself, Sam Adams is more akin to a major brewing company, more akin to the Anheuser-Busch or the um, Miller Coors. And I picture Dogfish Head as still being kind of that large but nimble brewing company. I mean, they come out with beers like Pumpkin and you know, the, all the 90-minute and 60-minute and 120-minute IPAs, but they're also, it seems like they're constantly coming out with something new. Yeah. Sam Adams doesn't come out with as much unique and new stuff as Dogfish Head does, in my opinion. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I think the issue with Sam Adams, uh, because if, have you have I have you guys toured their facility in Boston? I have. I have. Yeah, I, I went I went a few years ago. And I've actually go- been on the the tour at both breweries. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, no, I've only been to the to the one. Oh, oh, you meant Dogfish Head. Dogfish Sorry. and yeah. Sam Adams. Yeah. Okay, I haven't been to Dogfish, but I've been to the 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 Sam Adams one. And they, I feel like you walk through and you see all these bottles of beers that have won all these awards, right? And, you know, it's things that I've never heard of. So I think the more the issue with Sam Adams is they distribute the heavy hitters, but then the, the more quirky beers stay local. Like, so you, you see the, you see the Boston lagers, you see the, uh, the, the Shandy, the porch rocker, you see that kind of the, the summers and all that stuff. You see those, but then like you go to the brewery and you get like this more funky stuff. So um, not to say that I, I mean, I'm kind of on your side, Tud, because I think, 
I think Dogfish Head is a little bit, maybe a little bit more quirky than Sam Adams when it comes to brewing. But I think uh, I think it's just because they only distribute the the heavy hitters more. Yeah, I think that part of it too is when you think Sam Adams, you think Boston Lager, which is arguably the most boring micro brew <laughs> right. out there. That's what Sam um, Adams wants you to think, though. Right. They want, and that's kind of what started, you know, the spark that started the craft beer revolution, if you ask me. But they they do have the New World series. If you if you look around, you can find some interesting Sam Adams beers. They're just a little harder to find. I mean, but, their New England IPA is pretty good. I mean, it's not going to be better than something you can get locally, but it's still solid if you're in a pinch. Or in Montana. Or in Montana. <laughs> do you get that in Montana? <laughs> we do. Yeah, there's a bar here that has that, the Sam Adams New England IPA. It's but you can't good. buy the four-pack out there? Uh, I haven't seen it in the stores, no. Okay. But uh, I've seen it at, at bars. All right, it's that time, folks. That time of the episode where we all share one piece of advice, life hack, wisdom, Amazon product that uh, <laughs> you want to put in our frosty mug of wisdom and i figure i'll jump right into it if that's okay with you guys sure last week i brought on the podcast osprey backpacks and i'm going to keep the theme of hiking going with an app all trails uh i don't know if either of you have used this app before they also just have a website but it's a really good resource for finding hiking trails anywhere um, I've only used it in the U.S., but anywhere in the U.S., they have difficulty ratings, there's reviews, there's GPS maps, all that stuff. They have a free version and a pro version. I have only ever used the free version, um, but it's great for around here. I mean, I was just looking. I think I sent Chris a link to an all trails uh, hike because there's some and there's some good stuff all over the place. I've used it in Connecticut. So I know at least in all three of our states, you can find some really good stuff on there. I have used this app myself, and I think it is a great app. Okay, cool. I'm glad we got I haven't second. used it, um, but you did send me a snapshot of a trail near my house, and I was like, oh, I should get this because, you know, CJ likes to walk himself around now, but even if we can get out and, you know, let him walk around for, I don't know, a tenth of a mile or whatever. Yeah. At least, at least we'll be going somewhere. <laughs> and yeah, it even says, like, if trails are good for kids and, and dogs and that kind of thing too. Oh, so nice. It, it gives ratings on how hard the trails are. So keep that in mind too. You can always adjust it to your skill level. Yeah. I'm going to download it right now. All right. So who I'm going to hand off the handle to Todd because Chris is sure. downloading an app. My handle this week <laughs> is going to be a band. And that band is Ice Nine Kills. It is an American metalcore band from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, they are known for their horror-inspired lyrics. So every single song that this band comes out with is about an old horror movie. And they basically huh. just watch the movie and then they come up with lyrics to, to a song. They currently have a song that's number 17 on the U.S. main rock chart that's called A Grave Mistake. And it is about the movie The Crow. So, you know, they do get into a little bit of screaming. They, they are a metal band. So if metal's not your thing, you might find them a little too hard. But at the same time, I would go check them out. I'd, I'd recommend it to everybody just because they are very unique. And I've never heard of a band that just strictly has one focus for its lyrics. And that's how they do it. Yeah, that's funny. I know. So for copyright reasons, we can't play the song here. But Ted, would you mind just singing, screaming a little for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> the that's Crow! Ah! <laughs> that's my... 
that's how I imagine it goes. It's probably probably pretty close. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's really really close. And I yeah. I will say that a grave mistake is probably their one of their less hard songs. So check that out. And if you like that, continue on. Just know that some of their stuff is really really hard. Okay, don't say Ted didn't warn you. Yep. So I'm gonna hand the mug off to Chris. Okay, so my handle this week is uh, something fun that happened. Uh, have you guys been? Do you guys watch Saturday Night Live anymore, or have you ever watched it? I I no always try and catch the funny clips the next day on YouTube. Okay, well, recently, and I don't know which one. Uh, I think it was the most recent, or maybe the second most recent episode. Uh, Adam Sandler returned as host uh, to Saturday Night Live. Now, for you young kids. That don't may not remember. <laughs> a long time ago, Adam Sandler was a regular cast member on Saturday Night Live, and he had one skit in particular that I mean, he was pretty funny. All Lunch around, Lady Land. There was <laughs> Lunch Lady Land was pretty good, but he had one skit in particular that me and my siblings all uh, really really enjoyed, and that was Opera Man uh, when he would sing news articles and things of that nature. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, if you have a chance, go check out the old ones. But he. He brought it back, uh, you know, 24 years later and this mo- uh, what one of the more recent episodes of Saturday Night Live. And it's pretty funny. I mean, it got me got me laughing. It's a, it's like, you know, three or four minutes, but it was really cool to see him back on Saturday Night Live. And everybody, if you watch the whole episode, people like make fun of him for his weird mannerisms and laughing and things of that nature. But uh, it's really good. If you never if you like Opera Man, he's back for one episode. <laughs> but <laughs> he's uh, back forever he's back forever definitely something that uh you should uh you should check out i don't know why i thought this but when you said uh oh, something fun that happened a little while ago i expected you your handle to be like i want to recommend the 2017 solar eclipse <laughs> 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 like wow that's uh throwing it back that's a weird yeah. handle but okay <laughs> throw throwback thursday on sunday whoops so with that Thank you all for listening. We'd like to thank the breweries that brought us today's beer. I'm going to thank Fox Farm for its beer, Beard to Guard. I'd like to thank D9 Brewing for their Discord Concord Grape Sour Ale. And I'm going to thank Upslope Brewing Company for the Blackberry Lemon Sour Ale. Please make sure that you guys are following us on all social medias uh, at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and untapped at DAWF Podcast. Also, make sure that you're hashtag following the email at DAWF Podcast at gmail.com. Um, please make sure that you guys are going onto iTunes and giving us a five star rating. It is really important to, for us, for people to find us. Um, make sure you leave a review as well and just leave a little comment. Um, we do try to add those into our beer giveaways when we do them. We do want to give a special shout out to the individual who did win uh, this month's beer box, Obert. Take it away. Yeah, th- thank you, Brad. I just saw he posted a picture, tagged us in Instagram. He got the box. Um, I'm happy that it went to a, a listener of the pod and not just a Instagram follower. So uh, I'm re- I'm excited to hear what he thinks of the beers. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> you know, we, a special shout out to James Vakovic for his for designing our three handle mug at James Vakovic Designs. Um, and I think that's it. Do you guys have anything else to add before we fade away into darkness? I have one thing I want to add. Sure. Um, we recently have uh, an affiliate link for, via Amazon. So in addition to our cool Patreon, which we've plugged previously, and you should be checking out and seeing what we have to offer there. We now have in our episode description, we'll put a link 
where you can click. And if you have something you want to buy on Amazon, just type it in there, add it to your cart, and we'll get a little bit of credit for sending you to Amazon. So um, if you want to help out the podcast any way you can, give that a shot for your next Amazon purchase. Yeah. And every time that we talk about something cool that we buy from now on, we will be using the Amazon affiliate link too. So if you go on there and click that directly to that item, that'll also help as well. Yeah. After after putting over Amazon so many episodes, they finally were just, just like, here, just get a little bit of money. So yeah, exactly. I think we've already made like 43 cents. We're rolling at it. Boom. And so with that, my name's Tud. My name's Chris. And I'm Obert. And remember, if you're drinking alone, do it with friends. Give us money, listeners. Yeah, so I think the more expensive things we put on our Amazon handles, the more uh, the more money we'll get. So we'll have to put, recommend expensive products. Golden hey, bidets. have you guys ever heard of a Land Rover? How <laughs> <laughs> about a 55-gallon drum of food? <laughs> I know where you can find one.